mentioned this in our pre-service prayer, but they've been pastoring for such a long time. And uh, I love that we get to listen to both of you and learn from both of you. So we look forward to it. For all of you, we need to switch sides, don't we? We have sides. <laughs> I was going to say, for all of you that have ever been introduced, you will understand my compulsion to um, tell you that there's no way we can live up to any introduction. Um, we are here by the grace of God. We have raised two children by the grace and mercy of God. Oh, my gosh. And um, you really don't understand how much you need God until that baby's here about a week. And then you think, where are you? Please guide us. So um, we're going to talk about spiritual parenting. And there's no way we can cover the broad topic. We can only cover three things that we think were very important to us as we were raising our kids. So we have two um, bio children, Amy and Andrew, and then we have two other children, Brett and Ruthie, and those two married our bio kids. So we have four grown adults, and we have um, two grandchildren, and then we have two more grandchildren that have come to us through um, our daughter's husband that we she just got married in December, that we have yet to be able to develop a relationship with because they live in L.A. and we live here. But our heart is to um, pray for them as we would pray for our two littles that are here in um, Gig Harbor. So we started out as a family of four, and now we're a family of eight. Whoa. <laughs> uh, by the way, we decided we could interrupt each other. We are both uh, exhorters by gifting, and so uh, we'll, if we're not careful, we'll out-exhort each other, <laughs> out-exhort you. But, uh, oh. So I can't emphasize enough grace and mercy in raising kids. And our purpose this morning is not to make, you know, in years past, you could go to church and on Mother's Day, it would be packed out, and everybody there's flowers and everything. And on Father's Day, it's like it was sparse crowd because they get lectured to every Father's Day. You know, it's like I'm not going to church. I'm I'm going to go watch the ball game. But so we're not here to lecture you, but we are here to sh- just to share some of our what we feel is the most important in, in uh, raising children. And our first thing that we have is humility. Wow. If you don't learn humility, you're going to have a tough time raising children. And it's humility. Uh, Psalm 139 says, You created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Whose children are they? We have to really understand. You know, pastoring as we did for years, we, uh, we, we understood we weren't the pastors 
God was the pastor. We were under shepherds. And really, in, in, the, in your kids, we're under shepherds. It's God that is the shepherd. He is our father. And he is their father. Uh, for we are God's handiwork, Ephesians says, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Hallelujah. So each one of our kids are God's handiwork, as so as we are. Uh, and, you know, I think it's important that we... Now, I mean, when I said you could interrupt, I didn't know it would be this soon. Oh. No, go ahead. Surprise! <laughs> Get a glimpse into our life right here. Um, it's important to realize they're God's children because when you realize they're God's children and not your children, it really changes the way you talk to them, doesn't it? Um, we've always thought it was really important that whoever Amy dated knew that there was a strong father in the background that cared how this boy was going to be treating our daughter. And I think it's really important for us to remember they're not ours. They've been given to us, and they belong to God. And it changes. It changed my tone of voice. It changed whether I was going to yell or not to have that consciously there. Amen. Uh, realize how dependent on God you are to raise your oh children. <laughs> Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through him that gives me strength. And Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. <laughs> With children, it's so true. The seasons that we go through with our kids, I remember the early seasons. I mean, there's never been a time that we weren't for our kids. There wasn't a time we didn't love our kids. There were so many times we did not enjoy our children, though. <laughs> and just knowing that we could go to God and that he would, in fact, help us. And that really... to one of the, our things is keeping your eyes on uh, the goal. God will always get you through um, whatever we're going through. I look back now and I think, wow, that was, that was amazing, parenting. When I was in the trenches, it was mind-numbing at times. It was, but now looking back, and I guess that's one of the things we're bringing to you as older grandparents, older parents, God got us through. He got us through, and we still loved God, and we still loved our kids. God got us through. Amen. Um, we didn't get through, however, without wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given unto him. Every day we would ask for wisdom. Lord, we need your wisdom. We, we just can't do this apart from your wisdom. You know, when you think about it, God gives babies to those that are kind of babies themselves. You know, we all grow up to be big babies. And now God gives us a child and we're supposed to take care of it. Oh, Lord, we need your wisdom. We need your guidance. And when you ask, believe that you're going to get it, uh, James says. So, you know, if you sincerely ask God for wisdom and then you feel like, we should do this with Amy or we should do this with Andrew, well, then do it. 
trust that God's given you the wisdom to do it and you go, get together with your wife. Am I seeing this right? Are you seeing this right? Okay, let's do this. So ask God for wisdom and he'll give you wisdom. One of the things I found in my life when I would ask for wisdom, I mean, I needed it. I wanted it now, right now, now. And this is so vivid to me. One of the times I was asking for, for wisdom for our daughter, Andy hadn't even arrived yet. So whatever it was that I was travailing over, it was the behavior of about a three-year-old. I mean, we're not talking, you know, high risk adults but it was it was something that I was worried about and I remember I was driving back from Santa Barbara to our house and I had been asking for wisdom and the Lord just just while I was driving dropped the answer dropped the revelation dropped the answer by the Holy Spirit into my heart that I needed for Amy at that moment. And this is, this is spirit-led parenting. There is such a sense that you're not doing it right, correct? I mean, really. And it's always calling upon the Lord, always. But then, so this is the lesson I learned on that curve with Amy. I ask, and then i got to give the Lord three days. Now, that's not scriptural. It was just a practical thing. I thought, i got to give the Lord three days to break through. And sure enough, for whatever reason, whatever my arrangement is with the Lord in this, he seems to always give me, at least by the third day, whatever I'm looking for. The object lesson is, give him some time. I always wondered why you were three days behind what I wanted to do. (laughs) There it is. Okay. The next under humility is this. Understand that you're going to mess up. Oh, mercy. Mm. 1 John 1, 8 says, uh, if, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And then it goes on, but if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Uh, James says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And I just wanted to say this. You have messed up. You will mess up. And it's just, we're human. We have sin natures. And we don't always follow the Spirit of God that's within us. So we're going to mess up. Um, uh, and Tell them what Pat always says about. Oh, once, you, once you're old, <laughs> about your parents. Uh-huh. Uh, once you're old enough to, to realize your parents have messed you up, <laughs> then it's your responsibility <laughs> to straighten yourself out. <laughs> So to a great degree, the Lord is going to use the mistakes we've made as parents to form and train that intimate relationship our kids have with him. Yes, our kids have had to get over this, this shining example of parenthood. <laughs> our kids have had to go to the Lord 
and get over the things that we have done. Our kids are serving the Lord because of many things we did, and they're serving the Lord in spite of many things we have done. Amen. The key is we tried to do our best. That's our key. And we've always been for our kids. Now, there's a lot of latitude for mistakes with, between those two statements. But you've got to give yourself some grace. It doesn't all depend on you. They come to a knowledge of the Lord. And then they become responsible for attitudes and unforgiveness and resentment. So it's not just, it's not just us. Uh, healing. Confess your faults one another that you may be healed. And I want to share this, that it's all right to confess to your children. Mm -hmm. It's all right to say you are wrong. Would you forgive me? I yelled at you, and I shouldn't have yelled at you, and I lost my temper. Would you forgive me for that? You know, we always try to instill in our kids that once somebody asks forgiveness, that you should ask, would you forgive me? And then it's up to the other kid and the other parent and them to say, yes, I will forgive you. So it's all right to confess to your children. Uh, one day, <clears throat> you know, I've seen picture, or seen uh, T-shirts on the Internet that say, uh, uh, I was raised by the wooden spoon. <laughs> How many were raised by the wooden spoon? Our kids were raised by a wooden spoon. But just briefly, there was, there was one time... When, Maggie and I were at convention, and we were running late, and we'd been out, and now we got to to get there, and uh, I have to take a shower, and Andy's like, our son was like three years old, and we got in the shower together, and I'm brushing my teeth at the same time, and I said, Andy, uh, don't touch that knob right there, you know, and uh, sure enough, he touched, uh, fortunately, he didn't touch the knob I pointed out, he touched the other one. And the cold water came on. I'll say I was grateful, but uh, but I whapped him on the head with my tooth. I said, "Andy, don't touch that," you know. Whap. And then later on, I felt like the Lord said, nah, "You shouldn't have done that." And I and I went to him. I said, "Andy, would you forgive me for hitting you with the toothbrush?" He says, "Yeah, Daddy, you should have used the wooden spoon." <laughs> <laughs> but ask your children to forgive you. And um, and you know what? It's easy to think we're talking about just to the young parents here. We're talking to the parents that are our age. We have to go to our kids. You know, if you, if you now realize that perhaps you weren't led by the Spirit as much as you should, and you know you've caused a hurt, you know you've caused a rift, Well, there's nothing you can do to change that, but you can go to your children and say, you know what, I just realized how deeply I hurt you, and I am sorry, and sorry's not enough. You have to go one step further. Would you please forgive me? Now, whether they forgive you or not suddenly becomes between them and God, but you you have humbled yourself, recognized a fault, and gone and we have to do that because we forget that our 43 year old is not 12 anymore and 
so often we don't keep pace with our kids. We just get these little monkeys figured out, and then they change. And they go into another phase, and they go into another season. And we don't always keep up as parents. And we especially don't always keep up as parents when suddenly our children are grown adults. You parent differently when they're adults at this juncture. You pray a lot and say so little. And this is where, this is where we need to go to our kids all the time and go, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Or, I'm sorry, that was unsolicited advice. Um, this is the forgiveness that we have to repeatedly activate when we are in a relationship with our adult children. You know, there's not really a lot about how to raise your children in the scriptures, but there is a lot about how an older brother should treat a younger brother and how an older sister should treat a younger sister. And at one point, as Maggie says, you're going to have to realize that if you keep parenting your kids, if you don't let them grow and move, then you're going to lose a friend. And you have to start treating them. You can't tell your 40-year-old son, it's cold outside, you should wear a coat, you know. (laughs) How many understand that? So, but treat them as as equals and now we're at the age where we have to listen to them mm-hmm. and take their advice you know dad you have to promise me you'll stay off that ladder <laughs> well yeah. we both have news for those kids of ours we are perfectly capable in our minds of being up on the ladder <laughs> submit yourself one to another we have determined, I mean, Rich, Rich promised our son he would no longer be on the ladder cleaning out the gutters. We could still do it, but that's part of that, recognizing and acknowledging their wisdom. Is there anybody that cleans gutters here? <laughs> <laughs> could we hire you? No, you can't be up on that ladder either back there. All right, it's humility. The next, we have three points. The next one's uh, faith or trust. Trust. You have to trust. And you you start early. Angie, so thrilled for you guys. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Don't you all remember? I remember when we first found out that we were expecting and this is what happened. I immediately began to worry immediately began to worry about we all know what we were worrying about and I remember I remember this so vividly Rich and I were talking and I and I started telling him how worried I was about this baby and I began to cry and what I was worried about what what if there's something wrong with this baby and I remember the first thing Rich said was well will we love her any differently and that, no. And immediately I realized I had to start trusting the Lord early for our child's life. Because it never gets easier. And it gets so much bigger. Don't want to frighten you. But the things that we have to trust the Lord for get bigger and bigger and bigger. Start early. 
And if you haven't been able to trust the Lord for your adult children, start today. Start today. And you have to trust the Lord for the number of kids that you're going to have. Oops, honey, <laughs> guess what? And the gender that they're going to be, you don't know. I mean, now you can get the, uh, what do they call it? Yes, yeah, so you can have that. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but you don't know. And we, not only we pastor, but we've pastored so many uh, parents through the years. And, you know, uh, parents come, they think they're done. You know, their, their youngest is like seven or eight. And then, boop, another one comes along, you know. Changes their whole, whoa, we, we had planned this. You know, that's where you say that all things work together for good to them that love God. You have to say, okay, we're, we can adjust. We can do whatever. And it means, Lord, you have plans for us that are different from ours. And it, there's a submission to that kind of plan. You have to trust God for the personalities that they're going to give, that he's going to give to them. At the men's retreat, I taught on the... Uh, seven gifts that are mentioned in, in Romans that we get from birth. And you have to trust the guy. He's going to get, the, he gives them different personalities. And you have to, you have to realize that and trust that, hey, God's made them a little bit different than us. He's, they've got different personalities than we have. So you have to, to trust. God, you, you know what you're doing. You know, it tells you not to exasperate your children. And one of the ways we can exasperate our kids is when we don't understand what their Romans 12 gift is. When, when we don't understand how God has made them for God's purposes and God's reasons. And we are constantly forcing them. Um, maybe you have a gentle personality and then you have this little wild child that has a will of her own and expresses it on a on a minute by minute basis and what in the world we're not to oppose that we are to understand different gifts but god has created this little firebrand to move someone into the kingdom that wouldn't come without that strength but we exasperate our children when we don't understand how God has created them to be. You know, we found that uh, along with asking wisdom every day, you kind of have to put your children at the feet of Jesus every day. Whew. Lord, you know, we don't understand, but Lord, we place them at your feet. We, we know that you, you're going to guide them. You're going to direct them. Why you trusted us, Lord, we will never know, but we know that you know what you're doing. So in addition to trusting the Lord for the lives and direction of your children, you have to trust each other, which just brings in a whole different element because suddenly you're dealing with two different outlooks on life. You're dealing with two different personality types. You're dealing with two people that come with a different discipline history into your family. You are dealing with so many differences. And for those, for those that have been created with mercy and compassion, 
you have to understand that, yes, your children need that, but they also need someone that will snap a knot in their little tail when they are doing something that is dangerous or or their characters being formed. You have to trust this other person to have that different godly perspective. Get the wooden spoon out is what I say. (laughs) Big talk. (laughs) Big talk. Such a, but you know what? Because we hated disciplining our kids, we were so good at it because we were careful. But we hated, you hated, we both did, but we were good at it because we were so careful about it. We'd each, we'd always set our kids on our lap and say, now you know why you got us spanking? It's because we love you. You know, and we love you still. It's, hey, Trust and them. we would. Tr- and by the way, if you if if they ever came to to Maggie and asked oh, for yeah. something, and she said no, we instilled in our kids they better not go to the other one and ask the same question. We let them know early on it was we us were against together. them. It was us, us against, against them. them. Absolutely. Not letting them divide us in any way. And that's why you have to, I don't know how many times Rich would come or I would go to Rich after disciplining one of the kids and we'd ask each other, now was that justified? Was that too harsh? What do you think? I mean, submitting ourselves one to another, realizing that irritation and resentment can certainly have a bearing on how you discipline your children. So you need that. And as a single parent, you need that voice in your life, whoever it might be. But you're not in it alone. It's not all about you. It's not only you. God has placed you in a family, and you can enlist the help of others for that same kind of checks and balance. Now, the third thing that we have, is uh, the first one was humility. The second was trust or faith. Faith, by the way, is believing what God has said to be true. You know, as we sometimes we make it too complicated, but faith is just, hey, I believe what God said to be true. And the third that we have is goal. What is the goal of raising our children? Well. The scripture says, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. And then verse 29 says, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. What is the goal of raising children? It's getting in step with God, and we want our children to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. That's, that's our goal. You know, I think it's also um, good to understand that we can have this goal, but the style of our parenting is so different one from another. We were, we were talking about all of our friends and um, our children who grew up with their children and how different how different each one of us was as a couple, what we emphasized, what we didn't, and yet we were all doing our best to fulfill this very scripture, and God honored it. 
And this is the deal. We are, none of us are the foremost authority on how another family should raise their kids. We all go to the Lord. That's, that spirit-led parenting, we go to the Lord, and according to our personalities, he gives us different kinds of wisdom. But, and you have to understand, you do know what to do with your kids because God gave them to you. You do know, and, and if you're confused in the moment, ask him. He will get you there. I mean, thank the Lord our kids are serving the Lord. I, I never took it for granted, and being a pastor and being a missionary, you might think, oh, man, those kids had it made. Well, any other pastor or missionary knows that could be a check against those poor kids having to be raised by us. But we do it differently, but we have that goal. Uh, one of the under goals of, hey, we want them to be like, to conform to the image of, of Jesus. It says about Jesus himself, and Jesus in Luke chapter 2, verse 52 And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So the undercurrent of the goal is, hey, we want our kids to to increase in wisdom and stature. We want them to to be healthy and do healthy, eat right and whatever. And we want them to be in favor. We want them to find favor with other children. We want them to find favor with adults. We want them to learn how to treat adults. And uh, our children, we entered the Latin world when our kids were younger. And, and we had to teach them to, to kiss everybody on the cheek, you know. I'm telling you, that was very difficult for our son. I got to kiss everybody, adult I meet, on the, on the cheek. Yes, that's what you need to do. He learned how to do it. We wanted our kids to be in favor with adults and children. I've always said, I don't care if a little kid comes up and kicks me in the shin if the parents get a hold of him. <laughs> you know what I mean? If he kicks me in the shin and gets away with it, yeah, I'm going to hate that guy. But if he kicks me in the shins and the parents come, come here, Johnny, we need to go in the back room, Okay. Hey, I can t- continue to love that little boy. God is a God of mercy and grace. He has shown us mercy and grace. That's how we got saved. And this is, this is how we raise our kids, with mercy and grace. Every one of us have house rules. Every one of us have values that we're wanting to instill in our kids But um, the bottom line is to instill those values with mercy and grace, which means sometimes you break the family rules. It means God will give you a wisdom. If It used to be that we were in church every Wednesday night. Well, what do you do when basketball games are only on Wednesday night? What, what's the dilemma? I mean, are we showing our child that we don't value God? We don't value church if we let him play the game? No. That child was in church three times a week from the moment he... 
it's time to break a rule. It's time to compromise. We compromised on that every Wednesday game. We came to a compromise as a family. Our goal is to raise them with mercy and grace so that they love the Lord all the days of their life. And we are their first impression of God. We are God to our our little toddlers. They get their understanding of who God is from us. So we work very hard on grace and mercy and fun. I mean, later on we lowered the boom, but early on we wanted them to understand who God was because that transition is made from us and later to the Lord himself. Amen. You know, when Maggie was speaking, I I realized how this world is changing. It's always been bad, but it seems like it's getting worse. When we raise our children, the schools recognize that everybody, almost every church had a Wednesday night service. They never scheduled anything on Wednesday night. So your, your children could be, how many remember that? Your children could be in church. It was like Wednesday night was sacred. Now schools are having stuff on Sunday evening. It's just, you know, it's, it's going to wax worse and worse. And we just need to be prepared and, and ready for it. That's a, a little sermon on the side, okay? Uh, we got four minutes to go. That's right. What do you want to say? I believe I'm done. <laughs> what do you want to say? All right. Uh, we've all made mistakes. We need to own up for them, up, up to them. I want the worship team to come because I want to give a, an altar call. And uh, I, uh, can I give another little mini sermon here? It'll only be about 30 seconds. You know, uh, I always knew as a pastor that the first few people down in an altar call probably really didn't even need to be down there. They had tender hearts and they were there. And I knew that you know, you could go up to them, but it was going to be like uh, they threw popcorn. I don't know, something <laughs> something very, very, not very sinful. We should not be afraid of altar calls. Church, we need to come down to altar calls. Somebody gives a general altar call, come on down. Who doesn't need prayer? Who doesn't need something? Who, is, who isn't, you know, touched by a sermon and, Hey, you can come down. We won't think that you're sinners. Oh, boy, what did you do that you're down at the altar call getting prayed for? We all need to get prayed for. Okay, that's, that's it. Um, we all need to own up to our mistakes. We all need to trust God for the future. You know, some of us can... Uh, I saw on... Facebook the other day, it said, Mothers, once you become a mother, you have, you worry the rest of your life. That's your, your lot. Well, I think, I think you should pray the rest of your life. I think that when you start worrying about something, you should pray. And if you're worried about your kids, would you stand? If you're worried about your children right now, would you stand? And I want you to come on down because we got a prayer team that's coming and 
I, I, I want you to be prayed for. Would you work yourself on, on down to the altar? If I could tell my younger self anything, it would be this. Don't worry about anything. God is going to work it out. Come on down. Come on down. We do have a prayer team today, don't we? Come on out, prayer team. Come on down over here. Come across here if you would. Prayer team. Is there just one prayer guy? Everyone that's prayer, move into the altar. And the prayer team, either up here or behind them, but we'll know who needs prayer by pressing into the altar. Let's make room. Let's make, there's something about standing next to each other and you all have a need that is so lovely. So, hallelujah. Dear Lord God, I thank you that you, more than anyone, dear Lord, you have our kids in your hands. You know if they're running away from you. You know everything about them. And you know, as parents, you know our heart. You know our desires, dear Lord, that, hey, we want our kids just to serve you. We want our kids to follow after you. And, Lord, so I just pray for all the parents that are down here even right now. Give them your peace that passes all understanding. Guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, uh, the enemy wants us to worry. You want us to trust. And Lord, I just pray that you would touch each parent. God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, dear Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, uh, grandkids, grandkids can worry us as much as our own children did. So, Lord, we put our grandkids in your hands, dear Lord, and we trust them. And we ask, Lord, that you just give peace to everyone that's down here this day. Thank you, Lord, for your loving kindness. Thank you for your peace that passes all understanding. Thank you that you will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, dear Lord, that He that hath begun a good work in you is going to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, dear Lord. These parents represent kids that we said, hey, we put them in your hands and we're going to trust you to perform it, dear Lord. And help us to go by, not by feelings, dear Lord, not by sight, but by faith and just trust you, Lord, that our kids would would turn back and follow after you. Hallelujah. 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 I just, I want to share one thing personally with you. My son has a tattoo on his shoulder, and it's the prodigal son. My son took off for a while. He got in trouble drinking and just kind of, and the Lord brought him back in. You know what? I didn't even know that he had trouble drinking. I didn't know where he was at. He was away in college and beyond. The Lord got a hold of him, turned him around. So much so, they goes, 
I want a tattoo about the prodigal. It's a beautiful stained glass window tattoo. God is able to bring your children back around. And you might not even know where they are, but God is able to touch them. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.